Hunter. Carry middle, pushes Ooh. forward, and it's going to be a touchdown. <laughs> that is drop the shoulder in Tiger football. That's a touchdown right there. It's the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Great weekend following up after a big homecoming win there for the Tigers over Knoxville. We have a really good show today. We sit down with the cross-country team last week, had eight of the captains in, four girls, four boys, so we'll get to that special guest segment here in a second. Uh, before we get started, let's say uh, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll get right back into the sports and scores from last week, and then listen to what Blake's intake was on the football game Friday night, hear a word from our special guest, and then we'll end the show out with next week's activities for the Grinnell Tigers. So let's take a break right now. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third generation owner of Pauliai's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PolyEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at PolyEyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. All right, thank you for Polyhouse Pizza and Grinnell Mutual for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Livestream podcast. All right, let's talk a little bit about football, as in JV football. Last Monday when we were doing the podcast, Oskaloosa came to town and visited our TT Cranny Field. And the JV team was quite successful out that night. They ended up with a 48-26 to win, so that was a great start to homecoming week, having victories starting out. As we went forward into the uh, October 1st, the volleyball team was a busy. They traveled down to Indianola, and in the events, the freshman team started out the evening. They fell to Indianola, uh, two sets, so 15 to 21 and 18 to 21. A uh, few notes from the coaches: volleyball team struggled to play their game in Indianola Tuesday night. The A team lost Indianola 18, or excuse me, 15 to 18. The second game was 18 to 21. The B team fought back uh, from behind to defeat the Indianola's B team in three games: 23-21, 13-21, and 15-13. So Taylor Vanderlees and Annika Ford both led the team with three aces. Jumping over to the JV team, let me pull up the scores here. Uh, they fell 0-2, so both A and B JV teams fell to the Indians Tuesday night. Scores of 0-2, the A team lost 18-21, and the B team was 12-21. Scores of the B match were 11-21 and 7-21, respectively, the A team uh, a match, Ashlyn Imhoff and Makaya Sellers, McKaylin, sorry if I butchered that up, were the team leaders with three kills each. 
I'm off in. Also had seven assists. Laney Van Neville Clark led the team with three aces. Leaders in the B match were Desiree Jackson, Maddie Strovers, and Nicole Donnelly, who each had one kill. Moving on to the varsity. Uh, varsity fell 3-0. So the first match 5-25, second match 11-25, and the third match 11-25. Said the Tigers struggled with Indianola with a top-spin server, quick hitters. Uh, other passing problems meant that we weren't able to have offense in a run and efficient attack. Leaders on the night were Lauren Bolte with 6-for-6, six six, Addie Petting 5-to-5, Abby Furness 5-for-5, and Daisy Harris 5-for-5 on serving. Dig leaders were Daisy Harris and Addie Petting. Each had 7. Natalie Brown had 6. Lauren Bolte had 5. Setting leaders were Abby Furness with seven. Lauren Bolte, Addie Petting, Abby Furness, Lexi Schaefer each had a block assist on the night. Hitting leaders were Daisy Harris with nine, or 15 of 19 with six kills. Addie Petting added in 18 for 21 with three kills. Oh, also moving on to October 1st was a busy night. So let's jump over to the cross-country team, which we talked to the cross-country team on Monday night, and they're preparing for this meet. Uh, the top finishers on the night were Thea Larson with the JV. Uh, Mary Blanchard had a fourth place for the varsity. Dallas Deneve, JV boys, and Isaac Brandt with the first place for the varsity boys varsity girls and boys teams finished third so congrats to them uh it was kind of interesting because you're gonna hear in the podcast interview that isaac actually said that knoxville was his favorite so kudos off to the cross-country team for a nice finish there all right leading up into friday night's events uh the i'll talk about the knoxville freshman sophomore game which was a kind of a slow start after they made some changes at halftime, things really changed. So Knoxville actually lost two games. Uh, the spoiler for Blake there, uh, twelve to forty-two. Uh, the freshman sophomore team defeated them. Uh, offensive contributions from several players, including quarterback Alex Smith, who rushed fifty-seven yards and three touchdowns on just eight carries. Smith also threw a only touchdown pass on a two-point conversion. Leading rusher was Richard Toe, who gained 173 yards and 11 carries, one touchdown and two-point conversion. Uh, really impressive uh, second half for Richard. Uh, he just kind of ran all over him. Blaine Kriegel added 59 yards on eight carries. Will Doty rushed six times for 25 yards. Blake Wilson carried for one time and for a one-yard touchdown. Rhett Nagel was the game's leading receiver at two catches for 23 yards. Gavin Cooper had one reception at 15 yards. Jacob Lowe and Wilson each caught two uh, point conversions for passes on three yards. Alex Smith was three for four passing at 26 yards. A touchdown, a two-point conversion, and Will Doty completed with two of six passes and at 18 yards for a two-point conversion. So that is a, a recap of the sports from last week. Blake, let's swing it over to you and hear your perspective on the game for the varsity team. All right, everyone, Blake here. It's time to recap this last Friday's games across 3A-7 along with your Grinnell Tigers. I guess we'll start off on the good note. Grinnell took on Knoxville. Grinnell ranked 25th at 
Coming in at 3-2, and two, Knoxville came in at 4-1 and one off a loss to Pella. Grinnell coming off a loss to Oskaloosa. Grinnell played great. 38-10 to 10 was the final score over the Knoxville Panthers. You know, I think going into the game, you know, when we talked on our pregame show, we thought this game could be close. I thought this game was going to be really close. But Grinnell just came out swinging. Uh, well, actually, check that. They didn't come out swinging. Uh, Knoxville got off to a really quick start. Carter Bailey took like an 82-yard run on the first play from scrimmage for Knoxville. They then punched it in and took a 7 to nothing lead. But then Grinnell just wouldn't look back. Grinnell was able to put in a ton of scores and overall defensively put together a great game. I mean, there you can't say anything more about the game that we saw uh, Friday night. It was absolutely incredible to watch. Uh, Grinnell moves to 4-2 and two on the season. Knoxville falls to 4-2. and two. So Grinnell only needs to win one more game, and then we're guaranteed a winning season, which, you know, in anyone's mind, I think that is a complete win for all of us here in Grinnell. Uh, taking a look at the stats of this game, Dallas Souser went 14 for 24, 236 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. I mean, it's about what we're, you know, average going to see from Dallas. Uh, yes, he made one mistake on the interception, but other than that, I'd say it was a pretty well put together ball game. And uh, he had some great throws, a few throws he missed, but I think he it's starting to get to the point where he's making a few more better throws than he is negative throws. Uh, so that was really great to see Dallas do absolutely phenomenal in the air. Wyatt Hunter, he's back. He's back. He did it on the ground. 27 rushing attempts, 192 yards. He had three touchdowns. It's so good. It's such a sigh of relief to see he's back against a pretty good Knoxville team. You have to think about it. Knoxville lost to Pella 24 to nothing. Grinnell beat Knoxville by more than 20, or beat, or beat Knoxville by 28 points. So, I mean... You know, this is not a, you know, not a bad Knoxville team. This is a really good Panther squad, and Grinnell just came in and handled business perfectly. I think it was just a well-put-together game, and Wyatt with three touchdowns on the, in the, uh, on the ground and one in the air, I mean, you can't have it any better. Richard Toe had 11 carries for, nine, for 38 yards. Going to receiving, Owen Kaufman had one grab for 21 yards and a touchdown. It was an absolutely phenomenal grab by Owen. That height advantage came into play. Uh, Wyatt Hunter, four receptions for 92 yards with one touchdown. Parker Johnson had one grab for five yards. Coma Griff had six receptions for 72 yards. He had a touchdown, that long touchdown pass. And then A.J. Wilkins had two receptions for 46 yards on his night. Um, in terms of scoring, Wyatt Hunter did everything, scored 24 out of Grinnell's 38 points. Uh, so a really good night overall in the offensive side. Defensive, it was pretty average. Uh, Eli Rose had eight and a half tackles, also one sack. Uh, Mateus Durr had three and a half tackles with one sack. Logan Estelle was seven total tackles, plus he had an interception, so his second interception of the year will take that any time of the day. Um, just an overall well-put effort by this offense and this defense. Um, and just an all-around great win. Uh, kicking, uh, Andreas Cantillo had uh, one... A point after attempt made and one point after attempt, uh, or made one, I should say. And then Mats Knudsen, who is in for the injured Kyle Dillon, uh, he got to uh, um, experience a little bit of kicking for the field goals. He made his first, sadly couldn't make his others, uh, but he went one for three on the night. But uh, still, the emotion after his field goal was just unmatched. That was so cool to see, and uh, 
um, good for him. I mean, he, he played a heck of a game, and uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do. But hopefully Kyle Dillon will be back because uh, there was definitely a hole missing. You know, extra points are big, and Grinnell having to go for two every single time or risking kicks uh, could be pretty interesting going forward. But we'll just have to see what happens. So there's your recap for Grinnell versus Knoxville, 38-10. to 10. We'll talk about Grinnell's opponent here in a little bit. Uh, moving on to the other games that happened, Oskaloosa took on Newton. The Cardinals actually led, uh, or the Oskaloosa Indians led 21 to nothing at one point and only won 28 to 21. So, uh, pretty good game for Oskaloosa. Uh, I don't think if you're a Grinnell fan, you should be too upset because, you know, Newton got to play at home on their homecoming. I truly believe home field advantage is a big factor in football or in high school football. So uh, that's my two thoughts on that. Tyler Miller was quarterback once again, 7 for 12, passing 80 yards and one touchdown. And then he had 155 yards on 26 rush attempts for two touchdowns. This Oskaloosa team may have gotten crushed by Washington and, uh, you know, beat by Norwalk, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, this this is a really good team. And, I mean, <laughs> they could totally make a run for Pella, I think, if they have a chance. So, uh, could Oski be looking at two wins in a row uh, against the Dutch? Who knows? Uh, receiving overall, Isaac Schultz had 39 yards. Uh, William Schultz, the sophomore, had 20 uh, yards receiving and one touchdown. Uh, scoring, it was all Tyler Miller. And then defensively, it was a pretty stout night for uh, Oskaloosa. A lot of players had more than four and a half uh, tackles. Uh, and Isaac Schultz also had an interception for one or for 14 yards. They also recovered the football two times off fumbles. So it looks like turnovers just really hurt Newton. Um, and, you know, that's that's just going to be something that the Cardinals are going to have to get figured out. Uh, they're, they're a run-heavy team for sure. Uh, their schedule is, you know, favorable, but in a loss like that, it's just hard to match. Kyle Long went 5 for 11, 121 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Will Chang had 62 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, a good game by Newton. The comeback just fell short, but uh, overall, I give it to Oskaloosa. They have fought and crawled their way to four and two when they didn't look like they were going to be that good. Uh, I think they're figuring things out, and that's that's tough news for the rest of 3A7. Final game of the uh, past weekend in 3A7, uh, Pella went to South Tama to take on the Trojans. And Pella had a field day. Uh, Ryan Mace, 254 yards, uh, 11 completions for 18 uh, passing attempts, 254 yards, like I said, three touchdowns. Even Nick Grandia, a uh, backup or whatever, he had one touchdown uh, and went one for one for 100% completion percentage, 33 yards. Rushing was all over the place. Nolan Clayberg, the sophomore, seven rushing attempts for 35 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Nick Grandia, the senior, three rushes, 31 yards, one touchdown, and Ryan Mace, six rushing attempts, 18 yards, and one touchdown. So overall, really big night for Pella. Uh, considering they only beat the Dutch, or they only beat South Tama, like, what, 49 to nothing last year? Uh, they, they held off a little bit this year, I guess, or put more on, I should say. Um, <clears throat> for the Trojans, it was, uh, it was just another rough game. Surprisingly, I believe, yes, no, uh, Newton, they put up 21. I was going to say, this is the second most points they've put up all year. I don't have any stats for South Tama because they have not put them in. So, uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on that as the games go on. 
So let's take a look at what we have going on next week on the weekend of October 11th. Again, three games throughout the district. Starting game, Newton takes on Grinnell. The Cardinals look good. Grinnell looks better. Newton comes in 3-3. Three and three. Grinnell comes in 4-2. and two. I, I'm really excited for this game. I mean, not only because, you know, we're Grinnell and everything else, but this is this should be a really phenomenal ball game. I think Newton is the same caliber as Knoxville, and I'm not saying we're going to blow them out because I think Knoxville, we probably shouldn't have blown Knoxville out. Knoxville really surprised me what they came out and just played with. Uh, but Newton Newton's good. I, their running game is really hard to beat, and Grinnell's going to have to buckle down on defense if they're going to want to win this ball game. I'm going to take Grinnell by two scores over the Newton Cardinals, but uh, don't be surprised if Newton gives Grinnell a run for their money. Knoxville takes on South Tama. I'd say it's a pretty good uh, you know, backup game for Knoxville to maybe bounce back. It is their homecoming. Finally, they get to have their homecoming. Uh, I think South Tama is just going to get overrun by Knoxville. I think they get a good bounce back on homecoming, and Knoxville wins. And then Oskaloosa takes on Pella. It's in Pella this year. Obviously, the infamous game last year that ended in controversy. Oskaloosa beat Pella 36-35. to um, I'm going to say the Dutch win this one. I, I think, you know, Oskaloosa's good, but Pella is better. And I think it'll be a really competitive game. I just think the Dutch are going to be able to pull this one out. No problem. And uh, Pella goes home with the victory. So finally, wrapping up, uh, we'll talk about 3A standings that came out yesterday, uh, the top 10 standings. Lewis Central sits number one at 6-0. Cedar Rapids Xavier moves to 6-0 and stay, or jumps to second. Norwalk at number three at 5-1. Western Dubuque, and uh, people are saying Western Dubuque is the best-looking team in the state in terms of the eye test. Uh, I mean, we'll have to see about that, but Western Dubuque is number four at 6-0. Independence, fifth at 6-0. Pella jumped from eighth to seventh, or eighth to sixth, despite beating South Tama. They moved to four and two at sixth in the standings. Solon got a big upset over number two ranked Washington. They moved to 6-0 in seventh in the standings. Sergeant Bluff Lutton, number eighth at 5-1. Carlisle, welcome back to the top ten at 4-2. and two at number nine, and then Washington falls from two to ten at four and two. So really good weekend of uh, high school sports. I want to give a shout out to our, uh, or my uncle. He coaches at, uh, assistant coach at Nevada High School. Nevada High School got a big win against number six ranked Benton this past weekend. So, uh, you know, I don't like the Nevada Cubs when Grinnell plays them, but when Grinnell doesn't uh, doesn't play Nevada. I'm all for it. Go Cubs. But uh, anyway, great weekend for Grinnell. They get another home game. The Tiger Sports Livestream Network will be there at uh, pregame starts at 7.15, 7.20-ish. We're excited for that. We also are preparing big for the final home game of the season, Pella. We have a big announcement coming up here soon. It has something to do with game day. Let's just say that. So uh, that wraps it up for this past weekend's recap. Uh, I appreciate everyone for listening to this, and uh, hopefully Grinnell can have a great week next week against the Newton Cardinals. All right, thank you, Blake. As always, deep into the statistics, Blake is. That's my son. Uh, let's move forward. Let's talk a little bit about our special guest tonight. Our special guest in is the cross-country team, Coach Edson. Um, brings in this group of young cross-country st- leaders, I will say, uh, as we get into it. I'll let the cross-country team 
uh, give a little bit of introduction of who they are. But let's first take a break, hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll come right back and listen to what they have to say. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third generation owner of Pauliai's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pags Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PauliEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Pauliei's Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Welcome back. The Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast is brought to you by Poly Ice Pizza and Grinnell Mutual. All right, let's hear a word from these special guests. Special guests. Today's guest is, is kind of a unique set of guests because we have eight young individuals sitting in front of us and Coach Edson with the cross country team, which is mixed of the boys and girls team. Uh, welcome, Coach Edson. I know a lot of people are familiar with your name with the basketball season, but little do they know that you have a few other sports underneath your sleeve that you go out and coach. Uh, with the group of individuals that you have in front of us today, can you tell us a little bit about what the cross-country season is like up until this point? Uh, this podcast, as we're recording it, we're actually will be a week behind, so we'll talk a little bit about what may be coming up in the week. And then when I have the podcast reviews, I'll tell you if your predictions were right or wrong. And then we'll lead into the interview for that we're actually going to have for the podcast. But why don't you give our listeners a little bit of insight of what it takes for the cross-country team to practice and then when their meets actually start. I know you seem to travel a, a distance for your meets, so let alone running a long distance, but you actually got to go a little distance to get there. So, Coach Jetson. Give us, give us the rundown here. All right. Well, first of all, thanks for having us in to talk with everybody. We're definitely excited to uh, share our story and, the, and uh, share the great things that this cross-country uh, program and uh, that this team has done in the past and that they're doing this year. And, uh, you know, sometimes overlooked a little bit, but the cross-country, uh, the, the boys and girls teams here at Grinnell High School have been very successful uh, the last 12, 15 years, and, and really a, a pretty storied history. So uh, these uh, eight individuals are just as much a part of that uh, this year as well. And uh, it, it's really, you know, cross country, uh, the actual season and the training has to begin in the summertime uh, because once you kind of get into that season and once you get going, if you haven't done any running up until then, you're usually starting out behind uh, everybody else. And uh, the level at which we compete at and the success that these kids uh, have put uh, have just what they've accomplished over the years. Uh, they start their training early on, and I know they uh, meet throughout the summer uh, from early on in the beginning. Uh, some uh, meet. Uh, they have a morning running group uh, that they attend, and if uh, people cannot attend it, they may have uh, work to go to. They'll try to run in the afternoon, uh, but they will uh, definitely uh, get some uh, training in throughout the season. So. 
our, our, our kids work hard. Uh, you know, we uh, run anywhere between uh, 20 and 55 miles a week, uh, depending on the uh, individual uh, and, and where they're at. And sometimes it depends on whether they're a freshman or a, or a senior. Uh, the older uh, the older they are, uh, the, the more mileage you can put on safely. So, uh, so yeah, well, we're up there. We uh, mix in some uh, hill workouts at least once a week. We, our, our schedule uh, we have set up so that we're basically running uh, one meet a week. And so throughout the first part of the year, so like the last three, we've been on Tuesdays. And uh, we'll run one meet a week. We'll have a speed workout. Uh, each week right now the, uh, those speed workouts are falling on Fridays and uh, we uh, try to mix in some uh, hill workouts. Uh, we like to go out to Crum uh, when we get the opportunity and run out there and uh, uh, get a workout in and uh, after workouts so uh, we try to work on our strength training and our core training and uh, with a lot of leg exercises and hip exercises and work, uh, really strengthening that core but um, th this team is all about the individuals and all about the kids. Uh, it, it doesn't happen without their dedication and uh, without their focus. And, uh, and to get out there and run, you know, six or seven miles, uh, you know, each day, uh, no matter what the weather is, uh, that takes a lot of dedication. So uh, we've got a lot of good kids here that have worked real hard. And so we're super excited here heading uh, towards through uh, for the end of the season. Before we get into actually talking to the kids, how many uh, boys and girls on each team do you have? Do you have good numbers that are running? Uh, we're pretty balanced this year. Uh, we have roughly, uh, I think, 34 kids. And we're, we're balanced, I, I think, with uh, like uh, we're at maybe 32, 16, and 16. It, 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 sometimes it depends on the day uh, with injuries and what's going on. But well, we've been about uh, 30 runners uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the year, pretty balanced. Uh, this is actually a smaller team. Uh, than we've had the last few years. We've been anywhere between uh, probably 30 and 50 runners, uh, boys and girls, the last uh, uh, probably five or six years. We probably topped out at about 70, uh, maybe uh, six, eight years ago. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a sport where anybody can participate that wants to. Uh, there's no sitting on the bench in cross country because everybody uh, gets out there and runs in, a, runs in a race and gets a workout in. So, you know, that's one of the uh, exciting things about it. Now, is there a, a difference or a balance, say, between varsity and junior varsity? Uh, with only having 16 of each boys and girls, are, is there a cut that only eight of them run, say, the varsity, and then they have a JV, or is your numbers unlimited? Who wants to run that varsity? Right. So, as far as uh, a varsity races, just seven individuals. Uh, and we occasionally go to uh, a meet every now and then where they just run one boys race and uh, run one girls race where it's just it's unlimited and then the just your top seven finishers are considered the varsity race but uh, most meets we go to it's seven varsity runners and then the JV races are usually unlimited uh, with the numbers and so actually when we a lot of places we go to the JV races are much larger uh, than the varsity races just because a lot of teams uh, may obviously have seven varsity runners and they may have you know 10, 15, 25, 30 uh, kids running in a JV race so uh, it, it's a pretty massive kids but uh, when when you guys ran over here at Orange Park was that all together one or did they have JV varsity because it seemed like I always walk out there at night and it seemed like a mass that took off 
I can't believe you didn't trip over each other or just stumble a couple of people. But <laughs> yeah. it looked like, you know, maybe that's because there are so many teams there too. But Yeah, it, we had a lot of teams in our meet this year. Uh, we've got a pretty big meet uh, at, at home here, and, and it's actually a really competitive meet. And we have anywhere between 16 and 18 teams uh, in this meet. So we do run it, uh, uh, two varsity races and two JV races. Uh, out there, but between the the two high school races and the the middle or the four high school races and the middle school races, we probably had uh, close to 700 runners uh, wow. out there. So it, it's a lot of people, but it, it, it's really fun. It's pretty neat to watch, actually. All right. Well, let's let's hear a little bit from who you have in front of you, or in front of me. Right, why don't you, Mary? We'll start with you. Your name, <coughs> what grade you're in, and how long you've been running. All right, hi, I'm Mary Blanchard. I'm a senior and I've been running for six years now. Hello, I'm Micah Benning Shorb. I've also been running for six years and I'm a senior. Hi, I'm Anjali Jones. Um, I've been running for six years as well and I am also a senior. Hi, I'm Nola Connor. I'm a senior and I've also been running for six years. Uh, I'm Isaac Bryant. I'm a senior and I've been running since seventh grade. I'm Sergio Perez Valentin. I'm a senior and I've ran five years. I'm Caden Christensen. I'm a senior and this will be my second year of cross country. I'm Robert Groves. I'm a senior and this will be my third year of cross country. All right. So it seems like a few, few of you have ran for a long time. You probably have more running hours or miles than I have in my whole life. But the, we'll just start with an open question. If, if you want to answer it, grab it. If you don't answer it, I'll just designate someone to answer it. <laughs> uh, Coach Edson made the comment that you guys uh, practice out at Jacob Crumb due to the hills and everything. What of all the courses that you run on, what is the hilliest or the most strenuous course that you run? <laughs> Um, I would have to say uh, Newton and Knoxville are like the pretty hilliest, and Knoxville is this Tuesday, so looking forward to that. Now, if I, I remember right, those that that is actually at a country club, so it's at a golf course. Mm -hmm. The Newton one, yeah, is Knoxville also at a country club? Okay. Would you say so, Mary? You can answer this question because it's in your hand. Is Arns Park one of the flattest ones that you'll run? Yeah, pretty much. Arns Park is one of the flattest courses we run. The only place um, we've ever run that's flatter is Dyke New Hartford, and we don't go to that meet anymore. So was, it's was nice that, that also was that a lot? I know a lot of times they use country clubs or golf courses. Was Dyke a, a country club then, or I think so. Yeah. Okay. Did you have another one that you thought was hard? Do you want to add to it? Oh, I was just gonna say that Crumb is definitely the hilliest place that we train because he mentioned meets, but training is. Definitely the hilliest at Crumb. So when, when you guys run at Jacob Crumb, besides for the hills, is, is a set course, I mean, is it like four or five miles that you run there, or is it just the endurance of the hill? Um, so there's a couple, there's like a couple loops out there. So um, toward the beginning of the season, it's more common for people to do four miles out there. Um, we were just out there the other day, and we all ran the six-mile loop. Um, so it's about both the endurance and running all the hills. So you got to get up and down all the hills and make it Kay. the whole way. <laughs> no, Nola was really wanting the mic. Do you want to add anything, Nola? No, I'm good. I was just going to say what she said. Okay. What about, okay, so 
I see you guys run on the street all the time. We just live over there behind the tennis courts. And versus running at Jacob Crum, do is there a point when Jacob Crum, the bugs get so bad they almost carry you down the course? Um, I don't think we've ever really had too much of a problem with bugs. Walnuts are a problem at Crum. <laughs> There's a lot of walnuts. We worry about rolling our ankles a lot. Um, we also tend to go out to Crum on the hottest days. <laughs> I'm not sure why that is, <laughs> but it's always really, really hot out there. When, when you get older and become a coach, there's always reasons for that. <laughs> what about, uh, so Arns Park, uh, I, we were out there the night you guys had the meet. Uh, what about the bugs the night at Arns Park? Did anyone experience those? Micah? Yeah, I could definitely tell there were bugs out there. I, we, we ran first, the varsity girls did, so I didn't notice as much during my race, but I was standing there and cheering on all, all the other teams, and you could definitely just see bugs, like, plastered to people's faces, <laughs> and everyone was so sweaty, the bugs kind of stuck to you. So definitely buggy arms this I, year. My wife, Lori, and I, we were on, I would say, the back loop, and I said hi to Coach Edson and Coach Faulkner, and I think I ate six of them at that moment. <laughs> and Coach Hetzel goes, it's a great night out here with his hand over his mouth. <laughs> and he just forewarned us, don't go to the North soccer field because they are worse way over there. So what about, Christian, what's your favorite place that in, you see, how many years you've been running? This will be my second year. Second year. So in two years, you ran uh, almost every place last year. What is your favorite place to run? Uh, off the top of my head, I think it was Norwalk. It was muddy at that time, but I actually kind of enjoyed them. Those muddy meets where you get down and dirty, but also it wasn't too hilly, which I struggle with. <laughs> but, um, so it was kind of like a warrior race then? Absolutely. <laughs> you, you get down and dirty sometimes, and it's, it's enjoyable with the team, with the boys out there, and you, you gotta do it, you gotta get dirty sometimes. Robert, what's your favorite place to run? Um, I think my favorite place is Newton, even though it's really hilly. I I feel like that's a meet that normally we can do well on. Is there a difference of running after, I don't say like a pouring rain, but versus say we had a real dry summer and the ground is rock hard? Does that make a difference on how the course runs for you? all of you? I guess anyone could answer that question. Would you rather run like it rained three days earlier so it's kind of soft, or would you rather have it rock hard like the pavement? I think it really depends how rainy it is. Um, especially last year, we had a ton of rain, and at the Greenell meet, we actually had to move our meet to a different course, and it was extremely muddy. And I know for a fact that a few of our JV runners lost shoes during the race <laughs> just due to all the r mud. And the varsity race, you can tell, was a little bit slower because the mud really holds you back your foot sinks in you're trying to go fast and it takes a lot more energy so people are getting a lot more tired and it's just a lot tougher so i personally prefer um harder um grass and like dirt um it just helps me run easier um but not too hard because like that really does wear down your knees and it, so it's like a nice soft just regular grass you just got to be picky and find the right stuff yeah what a so like in track, when you guys run around the track, everyone has special spikes. Do you wear a special shoe when you're on track, or is it just a regular running shoe? 
Um, I, I know a lot of the girls, especially on the varsity team, run in spikes, um, pretty similar to what we use in track. And some girls just run in regular running shoes. Um, so it's kind of a personal preference thing. But um, we were talking about with like the dry courses, sometimes it can be kind of challenging to run on really hard courses with spikes. Um, but they're definitely a lot of girls in races run with them, I know. Um, and they're definitely helpful on really hilly or muddy courses. Is the spike a long spike or a short spike like you'd have on your all-weather tracks? I mean, is it a... It's a, a little bit longer, but um, the sizes vary too, but I know the ones I run in are like a quarter inch, so they're small, but a little bit bigger than the track spikes. Gives you a little bit of uh, traction going forward. Um, let's see. Out of... So all you guys mostly do sports, uh, other sports besides cross-country. Uh, what does cross country do to help the other sports that you guys do? I mean, obviously fitness is huge, but besides that, what else does it mean? I know for you, Sergio, you play soccer. So what does cross country do to help you when you play soccer? Soccer, really? Wait, no, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rephrase that. Cross country really helps out my soccer endurance. Yeah. Um, of course, the cross-country season is during the fall and soccer is during the spring. And that winter season, I do robotics, and that's completely different than <laughs> running. Right, right. So, like, I do get out of shape, but, like, doing cross-country has really helped my form. It allows me to get in shape quicker once the soccer season starts. So, like, maybe I do start off a little rough, but I quickly get into it, and I can really see the progress that I make an endurance and it really helps me stick through those entire games. There's also like cross country is such a mental sport and so training for cross country builds a lot of patience and um, perseverance skills. So I think those are applicable in a lot of other sports because you have to work hard continuously to see results. And sometimes when you're doing like foot touch drills in soccer or like sprints in basketball, you have to be patient to see the progress, and I think cross country helps a lot with mental aspects of other sports as well. So I run track as well as cross country, and just looking at my times from when I didn't do cross country and transitioning into trying out this sport, uh, I dropped my hurdling time by a good four seconds, and I do believe that was because of cross country endurance and the, just the rigorous training that we put ourselves through. That's that's quite an offset, though, uh, saying that you're running long distance and then switch to jumping over a bunch of hurdles. It's not the 100-meter <laughs> hurdles. It's the 400-meter okay. hurdles. You, right. you got to put it out. All right. <laughs> there you go. Do uh, how many – I know, Mikey, who else runs track? Does everyone here run track too? Robert, you don't run track? Yeah. All four of you guys do? No, I don't. No, Mary, you don't? Okay. Soccer. All right, so two soccers, track. How? Three soccers. Three soccers, all right. How do you, uh, I guess for you, uh, the other three that are in track, do you feel the same way that cross country, they, they help aid themselves? I know, Mikey, you also play basketball. Who Does anyone else play winter sport? Okay. 
Yeah, I definitely think that cross country helps a lot, like going into basketball season and going into track season too. It definitely helps, like Sergio said, with the endurance, but also with like what Mary said, with mentally, like it just helps you know that you can do a lot more than like you think you can, and you've pushed your body so hard through that season that it like helps you get through other sports like basketball or track that I do. So I definitely think that it helps with my other sports. When, when summer does come, how much? I mean, if you're running four to six miles a day now, how much do you back it off or do you take a break for, say, three weeks and say, I just need a break and I'll come back to it? If you do come back to it, how hard is it when you come back to it? Um, after cross country, I usually take about two weeks off and then I start training for track season. And then after track season, I get about a week until summer running group starts and then I usually kind of ease back into it a little bit. I don't start right away because I need to give myself a little bit more of a break. So I usually run at running group but then maybe I won't run on my own for the first week or two. I'll just do every other day and then eventually I'll start training a lot harder and do every day. So your summer running group, how long, I mean, I know you mentioned that they meet sometimes in the mornings but like how many miles is that? (laughs) Um, It kind of just depends on the day and what you're feeling. It's we have routes for however long you want to run. I would say on average we would do like four miles probably, but it could go anywhere from three to six. Is everything in town? I mean, it's always hard surface you run when you run those routes. Yeah, typically. Okay. Guys, you do the same thing? Um, Especially when we're starting in the summer. Let me tell you, the first time I run in the summer... (laughs) It's hard to run half a mile. (laughs) It's tough. But after the first week, you start really getting up into there, the three miles, four miles, five miles. And after two weeks, we're running five, six miles around there. And then we just keep it there until we slowly push up into the eight miles and longer distances. Of course, we don't always run eight ten miles every day we bounce off five miles some days and then eight miles ten miles other days so what is i'm I'm starting to feel hurt just listening to you but (laughs) what how long does it take once you guys get going so if you're going to say this is going to be a five mile day what's your time frame how long does that take to run five miles i mean it really depends on the person (laughs) today it probably took Me, Micah, and Mary about, I don't know, 40 minutes? Yeah, about 40 minutes, but obviously we're not as fast as the guys. Isaac's over here running like six minute miles for his training pace. Well, maybe like 640, seven flat. Yeah. (laughs) That's still pretty fast. I walk a mile in about 22 minutes. No, a mile and a half, sorry. So you guys make me feel real bad, but... Coach, how much running do you do with this whole deal? Actually, I've been running every morning really? for the last, <laughs> last couple of months. Actually. Yes. As a matter of fact, as Sergio put, he said it was very painful, you know, you know, to watch him or to, for him to run that first half mile of the summer. You know, and that translates to it's very painful to watch him run his first race of the year as well. <laughs> <laughs> You know, going out there. So, no, they, they work hard. It depends on the route that the kids are on, the, t- the type of tempo that we're running at. 
throughout the year. So we have different, uh, after races, we run a recovery run, uh, which can be as slow as they want it to be. And uh, before races or before races and every other day, we call what we call a training tempo. And that's going to be somewhere in between their recovery and uh, running at, uh, as fast as they can you know, in a race. So um, it, it's mixed up every day. Uh, but, uh, you know, once again, they work themselves up to 30, 40 miles a week, you know, pretty quickly. That's pretty cool. What is, before we kind of wrap up here, uh, you can, everyone could hand the mic across. What, is, what are your goals? What is your goal going into this year? I know everyone, and, and I, I played a lot of football and a lot of basketball 35 years ago, and every time you start a season, your coach gets a piece of paper out and says, write them up, fold them up, put them in an envelope, and this is the time where I'm going to ask you that we'll tell coach to close his ears so he doesn't know what those goals are. But what are your goals when you start a cross-country season that at the end, this is where I want to be? Mary? Well, we definitely do like a team goal setting at the beginning of the season. And Edson does see those. And usually he makes us a poster and we can hang them up. I don't know where the poster is this year. No shade, Edson. <laughs> Separate shade. Um, so every year, one of the girls' goals is to beat the boys in GPA. Um, but in terms of running-oriented stuff, we want to um, <laughs> perform at the highest level we can, so compete at state. Um, but most importantly, one of the girls' main goals this year is to um, just establish like a really good team atmosphere so that people, more people will stay in cross-country over the years and want to join cross-country so that we can get our numbers back up because it's a great sport. And um, our senior class is really close this year, and we just want people to love the sport as much as we love it. Yeah, I think Mary did a great job covering like most of our goals overall. And yeah, definitely we, we have been focusing on like having our own togethernesses as a girls team and like getting closer among just the girls. Um, but we've also had a really good connection with the guys team this year. We've been a lot closer, so that's been really fun too. And then yeah, ultimately, ultimately our goal is to make it to state. So. Yeah, um, I think one of my favorite parts about cross country is like the really encouraging team environment and just the support you receive from all your teammates. Um, so across the board as a team, we really try to just cultivate that nice atmosphere and make sure everyone feels encouraged. Um, but we also like to compete hard at meets and just challenge each other um, and work together as a team to kind of push ourselves and yeah, hopefully at the end of this year we'll be competing at state and that'll be fun. Yeah, I agree with all of that definitely. And also a big theme for the past couple of years has been grit and perseverance. And I think that's really coming out this year and we've all been really like working really hard on that and making sure that um, during every race we're giving it everything that we've got. And it hurts and it's not super fun <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but it's something that we're really working hard on this year and letting it hurt and being okay with that because that's part of the sport. Cool. Um, on the boys' side, uh, we're just trying to make it to state. Uh, our team isn't like as strong as it has been, but I believe we can get up there and compete, and we're all just trying to get better every day. We're really proud of how many years we've gone to <laughs> state, and... I think this year we have a very strong pack of boys that are sticking together and I think if we stay together and work hard and push each other really keep each of one keep each one of us accountable um I think we can push ourselves and really make it to state. 
going off Sergio, we do have a pretty tight group of guys in our top varsity pack, and I really think that us, us three, Sergio, Robert, and I, we, we push ourselves off each other, and our goal is just to get better at each meet and make sure we stay with each other. And not only do we push ourselves, we make sure that we're motivating the other person. If they fall back on this hill, we're going to we're gonna make it our goal to make sure that they get over this hill and that they, that they get down it and finish this race strong. I agree with the other guys that one of our big goals this year is to make it stay. And then I also agree with Caden that we push each other. Like our, me and Caden, our personal goals this year are to beat Sergio every race. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like the, the first race of the year is the one you got to try to beat him on. <laughs> uh, most of the races, that's worked pretty well. Uh, last race didn't go so well. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess the last question back to Coach Edson is, is when they actually make – they all said that make it to the state as a group is is there a qualifying or is it throughout the whole year how they perform that actually starts the track to get them to the state competition right so at the end of uh, October we will go to a state qualifying meet and uh, there'll be about 15 teams there uh, depending on what site you go to and the top three teams uh, in each of the five districts or uh, sites uh, get to advance uh, on to the next level and then the top 15 individuals uh, if their team doesn't make it has have the opportunity to also run uh, in the state meet so it, it really comes down to uh, it, it's it, it doesn't matter how you perform throughout the year uh, uh, where that where that is important uh, is when it comes into the rankings because they do divide up the ranked teams uh, amongst those sites so uh, that that is uh, fairly important but uh, ultimately how you it's how you perform on that given day uh, so uh, staying healthy, uh, injury-free is very important for us uh, heading into the uh, end of this year, and then we have to perform on, on that on that meet day. Is that where is that state qualifier at this year, or is it the same every year? So we don't know yet. Oh. Uh, they'll release that a week before uh, that actual meet. They have released the sites, and Grinnell. We tend to be in the middle, uh, and so we move around a lot. Uh, uh, the two closest sites to this uh, us this year are Solon and Pella. And uh, two years ago, uh, those were the two sites, and they sent us to Solon. Uh, last year, it was Pella and Fairfield, and they sent us uh, to Fairfield. Uh, so we've been all over the place. We've been to Cedar Rapids. We've, been to, uh, we've actually been up to Webster City. We've been to Ames. Uh, we, we tend to go a lot of different places, depending on uh, w where the rankings sit. And uh, so when you, you know, head into each of those uh, meets, uh, you know, with ranked teams, uh, you, uh, you do have the opportunity to move different places, which is good. Right. How do all of you feel about going somewhere you've never ran before? Is, is that make it harder or, or would you rather do that? Uh, I think I would prefer a race that I've been to before just because I get a feel for the course and I get to know what it's going to feel like. And know where I can push and maybe where I shouldn't push as hard and yeah just feel it out. Mary give us the girls answer. I also agree that I think in general we like running at places um, where we already know the course because it helps a lot with race strategy in terms of where you want to be pushing really hard and where you want to conserve so you can push later. Um, but the other thing is that every meet you run at is different because of the teams that are running there and the individuals that you see so um, 
it is always nice to like know the course itself so that it's one less thing to worry about and you can focus on competing. Perfect. Well, I have to say thank you. I know that this is at the end of your your practice and we actually went a little bit longer than you we thought we were going to go. So that means good answers flowing back and forth from everyone. And I, I'd like to say that my questions are always fairly decent, but sometimes <laughs> they look at me funny. Uh, but I'd like to say uh, from Blake and I, thank you for setting in with our podcast. And we'll look forward to putting this out there next week. Coach Etson, best of luck to all of you on the rest of your season. And at the end, we'll, we'll follow up after your state meet and maybe have the same group of eight come back in and we could, we could talk about maybe some hardware that you brought back home. That'd be a nice <laughs> thing to talk about. All right. Thanks a lot for having us. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Coach Edson. You know what? It is just awesome. Anytime that we can bring a group of athletes in here, they're enthusiastic. We hear giggles. We hear, uh, see smiles on their faces. So thank you again, uh, guys and gals, for coming in and talking with us. Let's move on forward to the last part of the podcast, sporting events for coming up. Uh, first of all, Monday the 7th, which is today, uh, the cross-country team was supposed to travel to Norwalk. Those are all been canceled, so I assume that that's due to weather. We've had quite a bit of rain over the weekend. Moving into Tuesday night, uh, volleyball, there's a JV game at the Grinnell High School for Norwalk. That means that our varsity match is also going on over at the Bear Complex. The varsity swimming team is hosting Perry Community and Williamsburg. So that is going on at 7 o'clock. If you haven't been over to one, take the time, go over and see one. Thursday night activities going together is large group and individual speech auditions going on at the high school at 3.30. Uh, that is also on Wednesday night at 3.30. So both of those are for the upcoming large group speech season. Uh, if you haven't, if your kids are listening, have them get in touch with uh, Mr. Hosbon or that is in the school announcements that they can follow up with that also. And then we head into Friday night back at TT Craney Field. The Grinnell Tigers host Newton Cardinals. So this would be a great great game to have out there it's going to be a cool evening we're really looking forward to it uh, and then also right after school at 3 30 there's some more large group individual speech auditions for the high school students saturday morning the 12th the volleyball team heads over to durant high school for a tournament between davenport west durant fort madison mcquokata so that kind of a long Long little drive for those girls on that volleyball tournament weekend. Other than that, that is the recap of what is going on for the week of the 7th. We thank you for joining in. I'm Dan Walker. Blake Walker had some activities he had to go out and take care of. But thank you for joining in. We'll see you next week. Souser looking. Downfield. He's got Cole McGriff. Yes, it is. Touchdown. Grinnell. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.